You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. I got some friends, they will just bury you with celebrity stories. So Michael Kelly, you know, Michael Kelly, uh, the actor who's been in House of Cards and um, other shit. In fact, he was, um, this is why I mentioned this. He was Steve Lombard in that Man of Steel movie, okay? So um, I was working with Michael Kelly on an episode of, um, uh, what you call it, um, House of Cards. And somehow happened to find myself in the restroom at the same time he was. Okay, so <laughs> we're washing our hands. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I really love your work. And he's like, oh, thank you. And I said, you know, I, I said, especially something like, I said, because I'm a huge comic book fan. I said, and, you know, in that Superman movie, I said, I loved you. And I said, honestly, I, you know, Steve Lombard was a different kind of character. You know, because he was an ex-football jock and this other stuff. I, I, you know, but I loved seeing you in that. And he said, you know, my 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 agent said not to take it, but it was Superman. And the reason his agent said not to take it is because they were lowballing him on the salary they wanted to give him for the movie. And he said the only reason I did it was because it was Superman, right? He said, but my agent said they'll use it against you. Don't do it. But he went ahead and did it anyway. So then it was just like his agent said. <laughs> the next movie offer that came in was a lot lower. And then when they wanted him on the next one, they offered him less money and stuff. And it was like, oh, man. And I just hated hearing that because, of course, he didn't do it. But the fact that doing that movie fucked him up, you know, generally, I was like, man, you know, I mean, because it's a man. business. Yeah, it's a business. Yeah. It's I mean, a business, and I know? wonder even, too, if if that's true, because. And we'll get into this a little bit later when we when we talk about it. I mean, this is just kind of our, our cold open right now as we just kind of shoot the shit. And honestly, any opportunity to hear one of Yuli's cool stories about, his, you know, while I was on the set of this television show, like, I'm going to take the opportunity to record that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. By the way, as I was talking to this big name actor, you know, like, <laughs> um, I really, I almost wonder if James Marsden suffered from that because... There was a minute there where he was, I wouldn't say the Hollywood it boy, but like he had the look and like, I really thought he was going to be the next big thing. And I think that maybe he didn't know enough about Cyclops because had he stayed stuck around and he had done that instead of taking, instead of going with Brian Singer and doing Superman, it might've worked out better for him. Cause if you had had Cyclops in the, essentially the Wolverine role in Dark Phoenix in or in X three whatever it was called I can't remember Last Stand I think mm, is what it was called yeah, yeah yeah exactly if you had him in that role I think that would have been a better movie and I mean the, the movie suffered from other problems but I still think it would have it would have had a better emotional resonance than just like oh hey here's these two who kind of had a crush on each other but they never did anything about it because you know she was dating another dude like it just it would have been more emotionally packed if you had this relationship between. Gene and Cyclops that you actually got to see pay off in the end instead of the Wolverine just, you know, chewing scenery because everybody loves Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, but I also think that, you know, Wolverine and Hugh Jackman, you gotta, you gotta love actors. I mean, because on one level he has parlayed that X-Men thing into so much more and come to find out, I mean, oh, geez, he's a song and dance man. I mean, it's like, who who would have imagined? Now, I'd pay real money to see that, you know, if he did some song and dance shit as Wolverine. (laughs) X-Men the musical, yeah. Yes. Hey, but the fact that he has um, been willing to come back to the role now. But you you, you made me think of something. Um, Have you ever seen, and this is my right hand to God, if you haven't heard of it, you're going to think I'm shitting you. Um, Predator the Musical. Have you ever seen this video? It's on wait, YouTube. Wait, what? <laughs> Hang on. This sounds this sounds familiar. Predator the Musical. Is it well, like... Won't they make a musical of it anymore? Hang on a second. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? Here, we're going to listen to a little bit of Predator the oh, Musical. please, please, please. <laughs> Here we go. They actually found voices. Yeah that sound like these people. And let me tell you something. This thing was actually very skillfully done. Yeah. It's three I minutes mean, and it's three minutes and 32 seconds. So we're just going to go ahead and, and listen to this. Oh my God. Um, let me go ahead and 
I'm gonna pull it up here on my phone so we can all listen to it together. So wait, Steve, MC, you guys haven't heard of this? No. Oh, you're in for a treat. What, <laughs> what the hell? All right, come on, we gotta listen to this then. <laughs> and it's it's Predator the Musical, subtitled "If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It." Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> something it's worth checking out in your spare time yeah i mean when when the guy who does billy you know like, something <laughs> i was like i mean they, they had me <laughs> they had me from before but the fact that they found voices that sound like these people and it, it, it was i mean it sounded like a musical type of number i was really like did, damn yeah. i could believe that i was sitting in the theater watching this you know yeah yeah, it, it it's there, there's I, I rip YouTube a lot where it's like I, I can't believe that people will turn to YouTube as your source of entertainment when there's so much bullshit out there. Like this is garbage. Like how much how much stuff you see, but then you see people do stuff like that, and you're just like, wow, this is really well put together. Like this is what YouTube <laughs> was meant for. Guys, joining us this evening, we have, of course, the GGR uh, hosting team, which is myself, Mike Lunsford. We've got Steve Monick, and we have MC Brooks joining us. This What's is going on? There we go. Okay. Oh. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, we've also got uh, esteemed guest and friend of GGR. He is the host of Fantastic Forum. He is the host of Arlington in the Morning on WERA 96.7 FM out of Arlington. Uh, you know him. You love him. His name is Ulysses E. Campbell. Uh, thanks for having me, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, thanks for using that voice. We actually we made a joke about you last week that you would be pretty much great for any any voiceover work, uh, unless you unless it was a whisper contest. So, <laughs> yeah, credit goes to, to Steve for that one. That was his joke. So, <laughs> all right. On that note, guys, let's kick this episode off. It is another episode of GGR Pirate Radio starting right now. We are starting in five, four, three, two, one. Broadcast starting. Good job. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. Throw him in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn same thing. thing. So you just put him in the morgue. You goddamn right. This is called Pilot Radio. And as the buck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. 
$10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? <laughs> yeah, jazz big man. You can't afford it. This is called Pilot Radio. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Portly Flower, make a wish. Wish you weren't so fing awkward, bub. This is called Pilot Radio. Before we get started. Like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Luxford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, it's another episode of the Geek Sheets tonight. We're going to be talking about Game of Thrones and some prequels and sequels and things that are being uh, worked on right now uh, in the HBO studios. We're also going to be talking about a re-release for Avengers Endgame, uh, seeing if they can crack that magical, mystical, uh, record-breaking number. We're also going to be talking about uh, two Avengers video games that are going to be coming out uh, very, very soon here within the next year. Uh, joining me for... This episode of the Geek Sheets on GGR Pirate Radio is the co-host and co-founder of GGR Pirate Radio, but also the guy who wrote the Geek Sheets himself. His name is Steve Monick. That's Geek Sheets MD. You can start calling me that from now on. Dr. Geek Sheets. I like that. Okay, that'll work. We've also <laughs> got we've got the third in our uh, triad of badassery here when it comes to the GGR Pirate Radio hosts. He's got some music that he's working on in fact he teased us on twitter hey what if i dropped a single on you guys and i'm hoping we can talk him into letting us listen to it on the podcast this <laughs> evening his name is mt brooks we already had the cold open here comes the hot closed <laughs> man listen to this that guy. was quick listen to this guy listen to this guy you see why we, he, he's going places I'm, i think i'm telling guy. you you see you see why we made him uh, itunes official on our podcast <laughs> this guy's got plans man uh joining us all the way from washington dc or parts unknown we don't know where he is because he's a busy guy he's an actor he's a radio broadcaster he's the host and executive producer of fantastic forum which is both a radio show and a television show uh you can catch him on wera fm 96.7 every saturday at 4 p.m that's his show fantastic forum his name is ulysses e campbell Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Michael. Of course, of course, we appreciate having you. So guys, let's jump into the Geek Sheets. It's time for the Geek Sheets. Here's the big news this week in the geeky, nerdy world. Steve, I wasn't 100% sure that this is going to be Geek Sheet worthy, but then you and MC and myself started talking about this last, uh, last week, and I was like, well, I, I guess we do in fact have enough to do a geek sheets about this let's go ahead and do it uh why don't you go ahead and start us off uh with what we got here as far as uh, game of thrones news i i personally and i'm not one of those people that's like i've never watched it and i'm not gonna i just i haven't gotten into it um i have the first season on dvd i just haven't started it yet i will watch it at some point when i have the time but tell me a little bit about this like what's the deal with the prequel that they're, they're talking about for uh, game of thrones yeah so i mean there's actually a couple different things that are quote in production whatever that means like there's nothing official other than the one show that they're working on in northern ireland right now it may or may not be called blood moon there's like some differing reports out there about the name all we know is that like so kind of like in I'll, i'll star wars it up for you mike so like you have star wars and then you have the old republic this would be kind of like there's Game of Thrones. The prequel show they're making is like Old Republic, like bunch of hundreds and thousands of years before the main storyline that we all know and love. In this scenario, it's called the Age of Heroes, and it's kind of this precursor to some of the things that happen in Game of Thrones, some of like the big world event stuff. Um but there really isn't much out there about it. But then the news dropped like, hey, they're going to be in Northern Ireland. And um, if you actually look up some of the stats about like what 
Game of Thrones has done for the economy of some of the places that they've gone to. Um, I, I, I always butcher, but I think it's like Dubrovnik is how you. Mm, yeah. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but like that has now become a tourist attraction. You can't go on any sort of Game of Thrones Reddit without people being like, "Look where I was. This is where the Red Keep was." And like, just so like a lot of these places. Not only did the show itself be like a cultural phenomenon, made a lot of actor actors and actresses kind of household names, and a you know a lot of people pirated the crap out of this show, but the actual locations kind of became famous as well. So I'm sure Northern Ireland is like. <laughs> Bring on as many as you want. So, I mean, again, Mike, I don't know. MC, did you follow Game of Thrones? Did you watch that as well? I know Yuli did. Uh, I'm currently watching it. I'm almost halfway through season two. I tried to keep it like as spoiler, like a generic as I could for like the main series um, in in the, the summary here. But it doesn't sound like the new prequel they're starting here is going to have much to do with it other than the same kind of maybe some of the settings and locations. Mm. And then who knows for the other stuff, the, the drop off in quality and fan appreciation for the last few seasons, um, maybe kind of killed off a couple of those projects. And I'm very interested to see what UMC and then eventually Mike, what you think, because you guys aren't going to be watching some of these later seasons in the hype storm. And sometimes I think kind of like, um, like the next uh, group of people who watch these uh, Star Wars prequels, like the, the younger kids who are too young to really watch it in the, the hype, you know, like I said, hurricane there they had fresh eyes, no preconceived notions and just watch it like, yeah, I like this. So I yeah. think maybe it'll be yeah. that case for you guys. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, because of social media, I kind of know like a lot of the, the major plot things that happen in the later seasons. Fair, <laughs> hard to avoid, right? I actually, yeah, like, I I normally and, and I talked about this on a, on a prior episode where I said um, I was I was I was applauding the geek community for their restraint when it came to Endgame. There really just weren't a lot of spoilers out there, but also on the <laughs> on the flip side, people just went hard as a mother when it came to spoilers for Game of Thrones and like unapologetically like being dickheads about it and like. I normally don't do this, but I was unfollowing people for a while, like not like deleting them as friends, but just like unfollowing their stuff. So I didn't see it because it was like this is a bit much because even if I even if I do end up getting around to it, some of these things might be nice to be surprised by, you know, but I feel like Game of Thrones that people just didn't everything was spoiled and there was no way to avoid that. But what's interesting too, I just want to give him this this weird random stat about Game of Thrones that I found out I found today that I thought was super interesting. Ninety percent, ninety percent of Game of Thrones viewer, uh, viewers were illegal viewers, according <laughs> according to MUSO, a pirate a piracy monitoring firm. The opener for the seventh season was watched illegally by 182 million people, far surpassing the 16 million legal viewers. In total, the season was viewed through illegal means a whopping 1.03 billion times. So that that is friggin nuts. Like, yeah, that's mm. it, it's it, it gives me hope because I don't have HBO. So I, I guess it's going to be easy to find these Game of Thrones seasons and watch them. But still, got like a billion friends out there who can help. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure somebody can. As I'm saying, I've got, I got someone's HBO go right now. Well, there you go. <laughs> Somebody somebody's got the hookup. That's nice. Um, I just I like this. I like the idea of this of the series. I, I've, I'm always a big fan of sword and sorcery. And this reminds me of it, 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 it has the, a Lord of the Rings feel, but almost like a Conan the Barbarian feel too, where it's a little more, a little grittier, a little like a little more R rated than like Lord of the Rings where it's like, Hey, do you, you want nudity with your sword and sorcery? Well, here you go. But then it's also like, from what I've heard about the books, there's a lot of incest in this, in these books. So it's like, that's putting it lightly. And I'm only on season two. Wow. Okay. So (laughs) either way, from what I've heard, the stories are so good that it, it doesn't like there. Obviously it's part of the story, but it's not like such a huge focus that it's like, it like turn, turns you off from the series. I have yet to hear of anybody who said, you know what? The incest was a bit much and I stopped watching it. So, well, one of the reasons that I would just say that, um, you know, Steve, don't worry about spoilers. The first book in this series, uh, song of ice and fire was published in 1996. And so the fact that you've had that, and uh, there've only been five books that have been out 
since then, each one uh, becoming successively longer between uh, periods. I mean, I'm I'm not convinced first that Martin is going to finish this series. Okay, that's first thing. Second thing is, if you haven't got on board with this thing yet. Well, I'm very sorry, and uh, don't count on me to not spoil it for you, because, <laughs> in, in fact, that that's one of the things that I, I, as much as I appreciated what went on with Endgame, I think that's the difference, because Endgame, you had to make more of a commitment to go to the theater. I mean, just getting tickets, from what I understand, was a challenge initially, but with Game of Thrones, you just turn to HBO, and bam, boom, there it is, you know? So there was the expectation on the part of people that you could easily watch it if that was something that you really wanted to do. Well, now, I'm not excusing yeah. anybody who posted spoilers. I wasn't one of them. But at least I think it's a little more understandable that you would have those spoilers in the face of the release of Game of Thrones versus uh, Avengers Endgame. There was, there was something about Game of Thrones, and I don't know exactly what it was, but there was something about the community that lended itself to not really caring about spoilers it was and, and again nothing against the people who watched it or who were fans of it but just like the community at large who were big fans of it just all seemed to kind of understand hey we're gonna spoil the fuck out of this and we really don't <laughs> care and like most people just kind of got it and understood whereas like the walking dead didn't have that same level of like understood like wink wink nudge nudge we're gonna spoil the crap out of this like you had to watch you had to be careful like what you said online because people would get upset um to Steve's point, though, earlier, I'm, I'm looking at the same site that I looked at that gave me that stat about the uh, the pirating of Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones brought $300 million worth of business to Northern Ireland. Mm. Like, that's that's incredible. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is, like, they, they, to think that, like, media has that much of an impact on tourism. Another perfect example is the number of attendees to concerts like actual like orchestral concerts featuring video game music is now twice as many as the more traditional concerts like Bach or Beethoven. Mm. So for people to hear video game music, I mean, it's awesome because the symphonies are getting made or making more money, but like more people want to hear video game music than they want to hear Bach or Beethoven. Um, <laughs> and Yuli, you, you, you were alive for this, uh, unlike the rest of us. So you might actually remember this. But Ouch. minutes after, <laughs> minutes after the finale, <laughs> minutes after the finale of Mash, six point seven million gallons of water surged through the Big Apple sewer system. One million wow. New Yorkers held their pee all throughout the episode, and when the show was over, they all flushed it once. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard about that, but yeah, um, I'm not surprised. And I do remember the final episode of Mash. Actually, which you might find even more terrifying. I remember the first episode of Match. <laughs> I mean, you know, and who knew? I mean, let me yeah. tell you something. That series went on a lot longer than the Korean conflict. Yeah. <laughs> a lot um, long. Yeah, like it's. I, I I want to I want to like Game of Thrones. I really do. I, I just it's. You don't have to. It's and, and and that's the thing. I know I don't have to, but it's like it's one of those things. Like I wanted to like Arrow because I like the Flash so much, and I've been like MC has been like my my go to for this. Like as I'm watching through the seasons, like I'm the I, he's the one that I message. I'm like, oh holy shit, this just happened. Like friggin' Deathstroke just showed up, and he's like, yeah, dude, that's a good season. And he's like, that was like eight years ago. Thanks, Mike. Um, but like I just got to the season where he fought Rachel Ghoul. Like holy shit, that was a good a good season. Like I'm I'm catching up and I'm enjoying That's, the series. You, you are in the minority show. there. They yeah. wanted that show. Yeah, bat, they wanted him to be Batman so much. Yeah. I know some people call it Bat Arrow. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, they they and, and wanted like, that. If you want yeah. to do Batman, just do a Batman series. You know, you don't have to do it like this. You know, yeah. yeah. It, it's, Is that the same season with the like the Asian virus? Yes. Oh, you! Oh, Mike! What? This yeah, is finally a, we disagree. Yeah, it, it, you're, he's in the minority because m- most people hate. They hate that season. See, really? Now, like I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was pretty interesting. Like it was. I, that's the thing, though, is like you know what? It's not. It's not binge worthy. Like I watch an episode a night, and then I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like so, I wouldn't like if I'm ranking it amongst all of the other series that I've watched of superhero stuff. It's still really low. It's way below some of the other ones that I've seen. But like, it was entertaining enough to keep me interested. 
And like, I still think that the second season with Deathstroke was way better. Like, oh yeah, he was he was super fun. And like, I've started season four with um, Neil McDonough as um, Damian. Dark. Oh wait, wait. Actually, no way. I, I got my seasons mixed up. Season three, season three was okay. Season yeah. four is the one that the fan base like hates. Like, uh, that's okay. the one the Arrow fan base treats like Flash season three. Oh yeah, okay. I don't, and, and, and it's primarily because. Arrow through those first couple seasons, uh, they weren't going the mysticism like the magic route. Like they made a yeah. they they were they were going out of their way to not go down that route. And then season four with um, Damian Dark is where they introduce magic and and like mysticism and whatnot. And uh, yeah. a lot of people just kind of they they just did they don't really like it. Yeah. Steve, I want to go back to this real quick. You did not like the Rachel Cool season of uh, Arrow. I liked. I like Rachel Ghoul. Um, yeah, I, I just remember that like thinking so many times during that season, like get on with it. Like the the whole thing where they're like chasing the virus and they're not chasing the virus, and then there's like some some lady with blonde hair, like some Asian lady with blonde hair, and I'm like, just c- c- come on, get on with it, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like when stuff happened, I was like, finally, this is freaking so okay. And now we're okay. We're guess we're done then. Um, but in, in that show, like, I really, really did enjoy it. And I don't know why I dropped off. I remember the exact point that me and Mandy stopped watching, but it's further than where you are. Yeah. And I have a great joke about it. So, like, in whenever you get there, let me know and I'll make that joke on a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like probably after, it's probably after season five. Season it, five is, is probably this. That's the, uh, the, the vigilante season, the Adrian Chase one. And for me, I think that's I think that season's every bit as good as the Deathstroke one. But then after I, that, it's kind of like, eh, this is cool, I guess. There, there's a certain scene with um, uh, freaking Arrow and Felicity, and I, I'll never forget that scene because me and Mandy were laughing so hard when we were talking about it. Like, and that's just where we kind of stopped. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Because, like, I did find it kind of amusing that at the end of Season 3, like, after he defeats Rachel Ghoul, like, he's like, I'm done being Arrow. And he, like, moves to, like, Oregon, and he's, like, he's, like, a housewife, basically, <laughs> or house husband. Like, Felicity's, yeah. like, making billions of dollars as, like, the CEO of, uh, of Palmer Enterprises. And, like, he's like, I made some eggs in the slow cooker. And you're just like, what? <laughs> like, you're like a trained assassin. You're a badass, and you're making eggs? That's what you're doing? I mean, I guess, all right. Well, you know, you're bored. I, I get it. Like, it's... I, I've like I'm starting to like him a little more. I did not like him at all in the early seasons. Like I I thought that like Oliver Queen was just annoying as shit, and I and I liked um, John Diggle way more. And I was like, why is he not the main character? <laughs> like he's way more interesting. And he's like Oliver has grown on me as the season progresses, as the seasons progress. But like overall. I'm, you, you can't top Flash in my book. The, the Flash is still the best by far. Yeah, like he's. I, and I, th- he's I think one. that's. I agree, and I, but I, th- I do think Oliver's unlikability to likability is is part of his character arc over yes. the course of the show. Like that's that's part of it. It's it's him attempting to. He's he's basically he basically spent five years away from everything he's ever known. So he's trying to play hero and also try to reincorporate himself into civilization like it, it, it's almost it's almost a parallel to iron fist season one of iron fist but like drawn out over the course of seven seasons yeah and he's not as whiny as finn jones was like yeah <laughs> well and, and additionally like it starts out like he's obviously like some playboys who doesn't know how to be a good person and then yeah he has this traumatic event and all this stuff that happens and it's like he decided to be a good person but he still doesn't know how to yet. Yeah. So the pendulum has swung from one extreme all the way to the other. And then he's yep. learning how to like bring it back down to the middle. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it's yep. a slow burn. But like, if you stick with that character arc, you're like, okay, there is payoff down the line for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's fair. Even though the arrow was not on the geek sheets, he made a surprise appearance. So. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> you, you, you also might be a little bit disappointed with, uh, one of Diggle's story arcs in one of the upcoming seasons. I, it might be four, but I, I don't remember which one it is. Oh, hooray. Right. Can't wait for the there's, disappointment. There's, 
Yeah, there's one where they really dropped the ball with him. Otherwise, he's fantastic. I um I do really like whenever the Flash shows up because he's way more comic booky Flash when he's on Arrow than he is on his own show. So like he showed up um to Nanda Parbat to save all of them from their captivity and he's like there's a hot tub oh i want a hot tub and i was like that's that's the flat there he is like there's the cracking jokes speedster and like he he seems to be more like goofy when he's on the arrow and like i i just i wish they somehow were able to incorporate i mean it's impossible to do unless you just can make like a slapstick hero show and then it basically is just teen titans go so it's <laughs> it is what it is. But did anyway. you see uh, him on um, Supergirl in the first season when it was still on CBS? I believe I did in that crossover. Same episode. same type of thing. Yeah, and yeah. you know, to me, it was a bigger deal because you know, I mean, even though the shows were in the same production company, the fact that Supergirl was on CBS, it was like, oh crap, you've got a CW show guest star on the on the uh, Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but yeah. same type of thing. He was way more comic booky. Yeah, which I mean, it makes sense too because you don't have to give him so much drama and so much tension. And honestly, it just makes me want to go back and watch those seasons of The Flash that are concurrently running with the seasons of Arrow that I'm watching. Because like right now in season four, um, he's fighting Zoom, and I'm like, I remember liking that season, but I don't remember much about it. So I might have to go back and rewatch season two of The Flash. It's it's. It's better on the rewatch, even, really? even 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 in because I, I I introduced a friend of mine to it, and so I've been I've been watching with her the last couple weeks, and so it's it's been yes. kind of really fun to really uh, remember all of these moments and stuff that I forgot about from season two, and then also remember like the overall tone and the balance that the show has in season two versus like where it is now. Yeah, um, has did- she seen it before? No, she's never seen it. She's watching it for the first time. So are you doing that thing where you're like, she's staring straight ahead at the screen and you're 90 degrees staring at her like, okay, the moment's coming. I know it's coming. I got to see this reaction. (laughs) I totally did that with Jax because we're watching season one of The Flash. And when the Harrison Wells reverse Flash reveal comes, I turn and I'm just like looking at him. I'm like, wait for it. Wait for it. He goes, and Jax goes, what? No. (laughs) <laughs> he's the bad guy and I'm like yeah dude and he's like yep. that's messed up and I'm like that was, that was the best part and he's like what is he and like literally he's asking all the questions that we thought he's like what is the Flash gonna do that's his mentor that's like a really good friend of his what about Cisco has he been lying to Cisco what about Caitlin like does she yep. know does anybody else know and I'm like dude well, just watch. You'll see it. It, it, it all it all gets played out okay because I got a million questions like dude we all yep. did man it's all good Thank you, Lucky Stars. You don't have to wait till next week. Exactly, yeah. right? Uh, Steve, I wanted to give you credit real quick here because you had a killer line at the end of this Game of Thrones blurb. You said, uh, however, the world has been built and the fandom is desperate for something, anything that doesn't just end like Lost, where all the mysteries don't matter and everyone dies. <laughs> like, kind of what happened. I want to make I, I want to make a fake Lost. I want to make a fake Lost poster now for GGR and just like put it up and it says lost where, you know, where all the mysteries don't matter and everyone dies. <laughs> but it's just a picture of Drew Carey behind yeah. the, whose line I is it anyway? The same thing. <laughs> exactly. But he's holding up, he's holding up the lost poster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's move on to our Avengers news. There are two, not just one. There are two Avengers related video games coming out, uh, within the next, uh, 365 days, uh, this year. Uh, within the next 365 days, that is. Steve, tell us a little bit about what we got coming up uh, for uh, for Avengers. Yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, there's there's two rather large games. So Square Enix um, is releasing theirs, and that's going to be more of your realistic kind of styled looking ones. Um, whether or not you like the specific look or not, we can get into that. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, you have your one that's being put on the Nintendo Switch, and that's the third installment of the Ultimate Alliance series. That I mean, the sequel to the Civil War one that came out, I believe, 47 years ago. Uh, <laughs> and this one, I, that was one where you said you were um, happy with the line I had in the in the first paragraph. This one was made, I made myself laugh, where it's like, so they got basically all the MCU characters, Thanos, Infinity Stones, and the Black Order 
points for creativity, I guess. You know, I mean, it, it's talk about bandwagoning. Holy cow. But, you know, any excuse to see Marvel characters or something, I mean, that's, yeah. I'm in for it. So yeah. uh, we can talk about the controversy in the Square Enix one or just what we think of the dungeon crawler kind of Nintendo Switch game we're going to see. You guys decide. I, I want to weigh in on this real quick, too, because I saw the trailer. And at first I'm like, okay, this is cool because you don't really see any of them behind the mask. And then you start hearing their voices and you're like, oh, it's not, okay, it's not Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Oh, it's not Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Oh, oh, that definitely does not look like Chris Evans. Holy, who is this dude? And like little by little you start realizing that none of these are the MCU characters. And I think that there was a lot of backlash on the internet about this and they were just like... This is weird. It looks. It, it was like that scene in Spaceballs when he thinks that he's caught them, but he's caught their stunt doubles. Like <laughs> it's Black like, Widow has a beard. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I felt at first, but then I started thinking that like those characters, we've become so accustomed to Chris Evans being Captain America, to Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man, to Hemsworth being Thor, to Ruffalo being the Hulk and um, Scarlett Johansson being uh, Black Widow, that when we see somebody else as them, it, it, it seems wrong. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that because these characters obviously existed before these actors put you know played the roles. And like you were saying with um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, they're not modeled to look like those versions of those characters. So when you look at the comic books, it's not like Robert Downey Jr. looks like the Iron Man that we see or the Tony Stark that we see. So it, it's okay. It just it's it's jarring at first, and then you see the gameplay, and you're like, okay, this actually looks pretty badass. And then you hear you see the story that they're setting up. You're like, okay, this is pretty badass too. So like, I think that the gameplay and the quality of the graphics and the things that you're going to be able to do is going to over compensate for the fact that these don't look like the characters that we've come to know and love these last what ten years, twelve years? How long is it? How long has the MCU been been running things? It's- 11 years? 11 and years. And yeah. yeah, so I, I think that that's going to be... It'll be one of those things where at first it's just like, these aren't the guys that I know. Oh, but this game is dope, so I don't care. You know, right. we, we got to get past... This is the critical point for all of this, partially because this thing just exploded after Iron Man. I mean, Iron Man was a nice little indie picture, and it blew up, and all of a sudden, these characters became viable. Now... I was just talking to somebody about this earlier today because, uh, really, the DC characters should be bigger. DC, absolutely, and, and in a way they are because they've been around longer. They've had a chance to, I mean, despite all the money that Marvel has made with these movies, DC has made more because they've been making it for like decades upon decades behind these characters. Now, here's the thing. Your dad was down with Spider-Man. But your granddad was down with Superman and Batman. And what we have seen over time, and this is where where the problem is for Marvel, because you're right. Uh, Chris Evans is associated with Captain America. Robert Downey Jr. associated with Iron Man. they got a bunch of particular actors who are associated with these characters. Now, this isn't a problem that DC has because... You know, so many different people have played Superman and Batman and done voices for them on the radio and on cartoons and all this, you know, that you don't have this association with these characters. And there will come a point, if Marvel is lucky, where no individual performer is associated with these characters any longer. I mean, it's sort of like Star Trek, the original series, because... William Shatner, Captain Kirk, Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock. Well, you've already had like three different actors now playing Spock, you know? And the longer you get away from the original conception, you know, because it was inevitable that they were going to recast some of these characters, uh, you know, because of the iconic nature of the of the project. At least it became iconic. And it's going to be the same thing. with. In fact, nobody remembers... Um, you know, the you know, Chris Evans isn't the first guy to play Captain America. You know, I mean, in fact, there was a um, there was the a serial, movie, right? 
No, well, no, I'm going to go back even further. There was a serial, um, you know, that was made by Republic Pictures back in 1944. Okay, and uh, Captain America, and uh, you know, Chapter One was the Purple Death, and you had a guy named Dick Purcell who played Captain America. Let me tell you something. That was so jacked up. Captain America wasn't even Steve Rogers in that thing. He was the district attorney, Grant Gardner. Okay, <laughs> it's like he didn't have a shield. I mean, it was crazy. But you know, this is what they had anyway. Now there was a guy named Reb Brown who played him in the uh, '70s. You know, in these two TV movies that they did. But oh, and then there was another guy, Matt Salinger, who played him in this awful movie that they did. That was like I want to say it was released straight to video. But you know, the fact is is that, you know, Chris Evans has now become associated with it, but, you know, he isn't, he isn't the only guy. And the farther we get away from, I mean, you better hope that he never goes back to the role because the longer he sticks with it, the tougher it's going to be for Marvel to move on from this. I mean, they've made a lot of money, but they want to keep making money. And, you know, that, that the way to do that is not to have a single performer who becomes associated with these roles. In fact, I think they deliberately made these people look different in the video game because they're trying to put some distance between these characters and the performers. Also, you make the you make the uh, video game characters look too much like the actors. You got to pay the actors again. Yep, it's true. You know. Yeah. Yep, that was that was the first thing I said. I was like, Robert Downey Jr. made seventy five million dollars from Endgame by himself. Now, just imagine what you'll have to pay him if you were to use his likeness for this video game and then ultimately have to use his pay him for voice acting work. And if you're going to run if, if you're going to run it's going to run pretty large just for one guy. Well, now you have to add in Chris Hemsworth and then Chris Evans and then Scarlett Johansson and, and anyone else, any any other Avengers, because th these are the five that we know are going to be playable. We had a post credit. We had a post credit scene that has Hank Pym showing up. So. That's another person you'd have to add in. And just imagine what other heroes you may want to end up adding in. And if, if they have an MCU counterpart and you want to pay their 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 uh, their uh, real-life actor to come and do voice and likeness work for this, that would be a video game stu uh, studio's entire budget just trying to pay these uh, these high, these high uh, these celebrities for likeness and voice work. It's not worth it. Especially in, in Crystal Dynamics, at their E3 panel, said straight up, "This game is not. This game is not associated with the MCU. Like it's not. It's not based on the MCU. There's no association. Like there's no, nothing from the MCU has influenced or impacted or had any part in what the story behind uh, behind this game is. So it like it make it makes sense to 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 distance them to make them look different. Like the, they're they're not supposed to be part of." part of the mcu I, I guess that's the problem that i have with it I, i'm actually seeing a different issue than i've seen other people bring up is that it's not distancing itself enough from the mcu because i mean you look at the hulk in the background purple shirt tan pants looks kind of mark ruffalo-ish yeah. captain america's outfit kind of looks like it and then what five are we picking black widow captain america thor hulk Iron Man. It's like, yes, those are the only five Avengers that have ever been. And it's like, if you want it to look enough like the MCU, but not pay the people, it's kind of like, you know, shit or get off the pot. Like, either make it an MCU game or make it its own thing. And that's, to me, where the, the Black Order does a little bit better, but still, by and large, I mean, out of the whole roster, when you look through it, almost all of them have been in one of the Netflix series or the MCU films itself. And then, like, they'll just throw, um, let's pick a real weird one. Uh, Elsa Bloodstone, let's throw her in there. No one knows who that is. Just throw her in there because I found her on a list somewhere. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I like the ones that are a little more, if it's going to be a game, I kind of want it to be story-based. I want it to have really good characters and I like it when it's a representation of an actual comic book storyline that I get to play. Like, you know what would be a really awesome game? A what-if Marvel game. You know what I mean? Where you can go through and play all kinds of different iterations of the same story, but it plays out differently. And sometimes you're the villains, sometimes you're the good guys, something like that. To me, it's just they're just doing enough to not have to pay the big money. 
but they still want to capture all the people who have only seen the MCU. Um, and I'm not a big video game guy, so obviously I'm not the market they're targeting anyway. But that's just kind of the issue I saw. I was like, great, another one where it's the same five Avengers that we've seen in the movies the last 11 years. But then the, the but then the argument then which what they would do in that case is they would open themselves up to well who the hell are the, who the hell are these people in this game calling themselves <laughs> the Avengers and why the hell what, should I buy, why should I yeah. buy it yeah yeah like why should I buy this game I don't I don't know any of these people here <laughs> so it, I, it, I, I, it, th- I think I think yeah <laughs> yeah like I, I think they're I think they're okay with the. Well, these don't look like the people I've seen versus the who the hell are these heroes? Probably a good point. <laughs> yeah, I think they were they're, they're kind of screwed no matter what because of Mar- because of the MCU success. I mean, and I don't even think they're screwed. I think honestly, it's Square. I mean, it's Square Enix, right? Is involved in yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They've got enough of a reputation for making good video games that they'll be all right. And I think yeah. that this game will speak for itself because the first the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance was a ton of fun and pretty much anything Ultimate Alliance has been good when they start doing the the movie video games though those have been garbage so I think that if they can do something that looks like a movie because this does look like a movie and they can make it good it'll be interesting but also MC you raised a really really good point when we did the review of the Spider-Man game for PS4 you were mentioning that there's all sorts of little um, Easter eggs and things like that about oh, yeah. the Avengers that might tie this into a bigger universe. So, kind of tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so uh, Spider uh, Spider Man came out September of last year. It was I forget who who produced it. It was it, it probably would have been the best game of last year if Red Dead Redemption Two hadn't come out. And even then, there's at least from in my eyes, there's at least a little bit of back and forth between which game was better, but. Uh, Spider-Man uh, was a was a fantastic game because it 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 completely expanded on the video game the uh, the uh, superhero video games that we've gotten in recent years uh, the more successful ones like the Batman Arkham games and, and and also made them very true to the character so it also built on those old PlayStation uh, Spider-Man games which were super like it was super fun primarily for just for the swinging around even if you did nothing else. And it was a re- it was a really fun game. Uh, it, it, there were a lot of really cool Easter eggs uh, to other Marvel other Marvel heroes. Uh, uh, there's Avengers Tower that's there. You can pass by Rand Industries, the the bar with no name, um, Atlas Investigations. Uh, you can uh, at one point uh, you collect backpacks and you can find one that has a Nelson and Murdoch business card on the inside of it, and it, it, it's a it's a really cool game it's a really fun game and and, and even though people were really critical of a lot of the bonus uh the bonus uh content that we got i think that they they laid enough of a foundation that their they're, spider-man 2 was announced almost a week or two after the fir- the first game came out so uh, and, and they did do the same kind of thing that the the marvel movies did which was they gave you post credit scenes after you after you finished so spoiler for anyone who hasn't played spider-man but they 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 uh you know you see miles morales get his powers and in the game uh peter is kind of a mentor to miles because miles watches his father die over the course of the game Uh, so you see miles get his powers and then they also tease uh venom um but in during the game they do lay some interesting uh, Easter eggs as far as what's going on, you know, in the world currently. So, like, when you go take a picture of Avengers Tower, Peter says, oh, you know, this is Avengers Tower. Great big buildings. Cool to be part of a team. It's too bad they're over on the West Coast. And they were definitely in San Francisco fighting what I, it was Taskmaster. Taskmaster yeah, task- they were fighting, right? Right. Yeah, right. And that which, was which, the Golden Gate Bridge for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's led people to to speculate that perhaps Marvel may be opening themselves up to an MGU, a, a Marvel gaming universe, and instead of just having one company produce all the games because I mean that it, these games take years to make, so it would take forever to to produce it. So them using different studios 
to 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 kind of form to to kind of put stuff together it can make it it can make a ton of sense if it's true and if that if that is what they're deciding to do then i think that's pretty awesome because spider-man was incredible uh mike like you said square enix has a great reputation as far as game as far as games are concerned so and, and people were super excited when it was announced back in 2016 oh hey square enix is doing a marvel game they're teaming up with marvel to do a marvel game and everyone was super super excited and we got a trailer, and all it took was a trailer with very little, with very minor elements of gameplay, and everyone is slandering it before a year before this game is even out. Like, I, I really just want people to just give it a chance, you know? Like, I think Square it'll be good. I think it looks yeah. good. Yeah. Like, give it, just give it a, sh- give it a chance. Like, Square Enix has a good reputation. Marvel has a good reputation. Uh, the Spider, even though it's a different studio, the Spider-Man game was pretty incredible. And for all intents and purposes, this Avengers game, just what we've seen, it looks it looks dope. The story sounds like it's going to be dope. And from the the reporting that's come out about the gameplay, is that it's very each character is very unique to uh, how how that character fights. So like Thor, you have the option to fight with Mjolnir or fight without it. You can you do have the option to throw it. You can summon lightning. Like there's different things you can do that are specific to characters. Iron Man, you can you can shoot the photon blast. He can fly. He can shoot a beam out from his chest. That like there are different things. It sounds like they're uh, putting extra detail into into making a unique experience for for each individual character, as opposed to just you know X button does different does the same thing for different people. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it looks cool, but I also have an old man moment that I have to admit. Um, when I was a kid, I was playing uh, NFL 2K for the Dreamcast. The goat? Yeah. And my dad came downstairs while I was playing and was like, this is this looks real. This looks like a real football game. And I'm amazed at the graphics for this. And I remember thinking like, oh, yeah, yeah, it looks pretty good, whatever. And... I've now gotten to that point where I was watching this. I was like, this looks like a movie. This doesn't look like a video game. Like I, I, I'm shocked at how good the graphics look for this game. Like it just, it, it blows me away how realistic this looked. Now, granted, maybe that's just all the cutscenes. Maybe the game, tra- the gameplay doesn't look that good, but still like it's, it's very, very impressive. And it made me feel old. As soon as, as I was thinking, I was like, wow, this looks like a movie. Holy crap. I sound like an old man. Like, <laughs> but it's, Either way, I'm I'm excited for this. I think this should be good. Um, uh, yeah, I'm 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 in. Let's let's jump into the third portion of tonight's geek sheets. Steve, the biggest movie of 2019 sounds like it's going to be coming back to theaters. Is that right? Yeah, even though it technically didn't leave theaters, um, the End Game's coming out this weekend, so it would have been the past weekend, probably by the time you're hearing this, the current weekend, right around it. Um, and it's going to have some additional material during the credits. Uh, there's some, uh, I think they said like six minutes of additional footage or something along those lines. And it's, um, bloopers, a tribute, um, you know, a couple other pieces from the film, nothing in the actual storyline. So, I mean, right from the beginning all the way to the very end, if you've already seen it, you're not going to technically see anything different in the the canon film. It's just some more content during the credits. So um, my little theory here is that they're pushing this out to give it legs to hit the same um, kind of boost that Captain Marvel and Black Panther got when they lasted long enough until the next MCU movie comes out. And then that that one that's been out for some time gets coupled with it in drive-ins. There's a little bit more length of time in the cinemas to get a couple extra bucks. They're 45 mil away from the all-time record, not including any box office from, from this weekend. So it's possible, and I think they're trying to make a push to get the number one all-time. Oh, is it is it forty five? I, I the, right before we came on, I thought it was under four. The number I saw was under forty. Yeah, it was forty five when I wrote the article, so okay. that that probably wasn't taking into account like the Thursday night box office. So then we got like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So wherever we we are at the uh, 
at the end of this kind of box office weekend. We'll see where that takes us. But I mean, they're creeping along, and I mean that's just how movies go. I mean, they they just they just slope off into the very end unless something gives it a reason to stick around. And it seems like the MCU movies do have a linking effect where if there's one still out and people have seen it, eh, maybe I'll go see it again and do a double feature or something along those lines. Uh, and we'll see if that actually happens or not. Yeah. As far as like going into Spider-Man far from home, which exactly. the, the more trailers I see for that, the more excited about that movie I get like, like far from home looks like it's going to be incredible. Like it, yep. it, it, it really does. And the fact that like Tom Holland right now is talking about wanting to have all three of the Spider-Men together in a uh, Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. Like he wants Garfield and he wants Maguire together. I was like, that sounds amazing. Like that, how cool would that be that we, th- this is what I love about what's happened in modern geekdom is like now that these movies are making so much money, guys can literally just drop things out. Like, Hey, I want to do a Deadpool movie. I'm Ryan Reynolds. And then it happens. Like <laughs> I want to have a, a, a Spider-Verse. Like it might actually happen. Like, yeah. what's, what's Toby Maguire doing nowadays? Nothing. Like, you know, like, <laughs> come on, Toby, get yourself into shape. Get, get ready for the spider suit. Like, that would be, it would be super fun to have something like that happen, have a live action version of the Spider Verse. And they're talking about, like, potentially doing a crossover with Venom. So, yep. like, you would get the, the Tom Hardy Venom, and then you would have the Tom Holland Spider Man. Like, the, 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 I'm that's so been excited. confirmed yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. That's, like, been, that's been confirmed by Kevin Feige. How that they're, 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 That's something that they're going to work on. How exciting is that? Like all of these things that we wanted to see as kids that we would like fan cast ourselves or talk to, like they're going to do it. Like it's going to happen and it's going to be awesome. Like I just wish DC would get their shit together because like <laughs> they're, they're sliding behind, man. Like M- the MCU is like, we're going to combine everything. And DC's like, we got Aquaman. Nothing is connected. <laughs> you know, you, you, you guys act like it wasn't Superman the movie in 1978 that started the Hollywood blockbuster superhero picture. You know? I mean, yeah. It, all right. 1938. Action Comics number one is published. Superman was making millions in the 40s. Okay? Millions back then was the equivalent of billions today. They've already made so much money off of these characters, done so much. I, I you know, and people act like talking about they're playing catch up. No, you you just you you just don't get it. You know, you don't get it. There's no catch up. In fact, the whole Marvel universe owes itself to DC. You know, Martin Goodman came back from playing golf with his counterpart with DC, he tells Stan Lee, hey, they're, they're making a ton of money behind this superhero team. We need a superhero team. And that's how the Fantastic Four got created. By the way, the book that Goodman was talking about is a little book called The Justice League of America. <laughs> it was selling rather well at the time, you know? So, I mean, I understand from from a contemporary point of view, it seems as if DC is behind. But part of the problem is that uh, DC is owned by Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers is old Hollywood. I was having this conversation with somebody just earlier today, as a matter of fact. Because I remember in 1978 when Superman the movie came out. And my friends and I were very excited because we were looking forward to seeing the Justice League of America. Because at the time, Batman had been on TV on ABC, wasn't that far removed. Wonder Woman was actually still on TV with Linda Carter. Green Lantern is just some uh, animation effects, you know? So you've got four Justice Leaguers right there with Superman, and you could have done it. But instead, Warner Brothers did what they always do. Oh, we got a hit. Let's make a sequel. And so you get Superman 2, Superman 3. You know? And then, I, look, I remember going to a uh, comic book convention in Manhattan back in 1980. They were passing out these buttons that said, 1980, the year of the Batman. But it actually ended up being 1989. As a matter of fact, this coming Sunday, June 23rd, 30th anniversary of the release of Tim Burton's oh, Batman. That's, that's cool. Inside. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even that's think about inside. that. Oh. oh, you know what's crazy so, is I can totally re-release 
an article. Holy crap, I did an article five years ago. Man, I didn't even realize GGR is going to be five years old. Uh, the summer of 89 is like the biggest m- summer of movies like ever. Like I-, I did an article about this and, and go on greatgeekrefuge.com and just search summer of wow. 89. It's right there. Like I'm going to clean it up and, and make it there you go again 30 yeah. years ago <laughs> yeah exactly 30 like, years ago <laughs> the, the list of movies it was like uh lethal weapon 2 um batman star trek 5 um major league let me let, let me pull it up because it was like incredible you're like wow all those movies came out in the same year like it was it was something nuts like that um what we're gonna do guys is we will talk about this in the next episode because this is gonna wrap up this episode of the Geek Sheets. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, thanks to MC Brooks, to Ulysses E. Campbell, to Steve Monick. Real quick, man, go ahead and give us a plug for uh, for Fantastic Forum, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up. Oh, thanks. Fantastic Forum airs on WER, the radio show, airs on WERA, 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia, each and every Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5. You can also... Stream the show via the website at WERA.FM. And the content of Fantastic Forum is available through the website at FantasticForum.TV. And we would love to have you check us out. Awesome. Guys, stay tuned because we're going to be talking about the, the, that 1989 movies lineup uh, that came out. It was just like it was a murderer's row of amazing movies that came out that year. So we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about some big summer movies that came out this year. And really are they big movies? And that's going to be X-Men dark Phoenix. We're going to be talking about uh, men in black international. Uh, and we're going to be talking about kind of what's going on with those franchises. You can catch us. However, you're listening to us on the next episode, just click, click next or go to the next page, whatever you need to do. You listen to that podcast because it's going to be great content. But, guys, thank you so much for listening to GGR Pirate Radio and for going to greatgeekrefuge.com. My name is Mike Lunsford, and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more podcasts and our awesome articles. Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs>